I'm gonna go out on a limb and say the most iconic rock band. How is it over there? Like, is there a, a Rolling Stones versus Beatles kind of uh, mentality? Or, or do you guys feel that you're forced to, like at, at birth, you know, you're given all of the albums from, you know, 1963 to, to 69 and say, here, this is your Bible. You know, how does that go with the Brits over there? It's oh. a funny thing, isn't it? Welcome to Geeksweb. This is another edition of Dom's Docs, where I, King Dom, talk about documentaries of notes which you should see. Joining me this week are our regular guest, Jay. Hello. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure, Jay. And also joining us all the way from Los Angeles, USA, Jess Paul. Hi, guys. Thank you for having me. It's our pleasure. So... Jess, you do a lot of different things. How would you define your media profile? Honestly, anything that involves creativity, my my face, my hands are all over it. Even if mm. even if I'm not good at one of the biggest tragedies of my life, I've always said that I'm a huge rock fan. I started my career being a rock show host with Wrecked Radio, yet I don't know how to to sing or play any instruments. That probably won't stop me from ever producing my own album or having my own band. But uh, for now, I'm just a fan. I'm a big fan. <laughs> I feel like this is going to happen at some time in the future. I think yeah. so too. I've already got band names picked out. Wow. Well, are there any that you can share with us yet? Yeah, sure. Um, so if I if I had probably had my own band, my, my very particular like all seasons band, uh, I, I like the name The Armchairs because it kind of denotes a, a sense of of, of studiousness, um, mm. importantness. And I, I want to have a, a the band, you know, like the Beatles uh, or the Killers. But mm. also uh, if, I, if I go the route where I want to limit myself a little bit because I do so many things and just have a Halloween band, then I think I'd call it Ghosts in the Blood, which, um, it, which is what, what uh, doctors in, I don't know, the uh, the 17th or 18th century thought w was plaguing people. So ghosts in the blood. Absolutely fantastic. You have a YouTube channel called This Is Jess Paul? Sure do. This Is Jess Paul is a conjunction of everything that I liked. Like I said, I used to have a show called Rex Radio, which is how I got started. Uh, you know, got the voice for radio, got the face for radio. Uh, <laughs> but But when it when it continued on for five and it, and it did well, but uh, as it continued on, I felt very limited because I was pretty much only talking about one thing. So this is Jess Paul is a much bigger branching of all of those things. For example, this is, this is the wheel to rule them all. Um, and, and this, these are all of my topics that I talk about. We talk about, well, there's rec radio right there. Um, but we also talk about, you know, like beauty and art and, uh, fitness. I don't know what that one's about. God. It's like a wheel of fortune there. So do, is that how you select your topic of the day? Yeah. You want to have a through line with any YouTube channel. Mine happens to be very scattered, but I like to keep people at least in the know of what's coming up next so that there is some kind of uniformity. I don't know if I accomplished that, but I'm having fun. And really, that's all that matters, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Great. Well, we do have a massive one to talk about today. It is... We do. A huge, gigantic, titanic documentary called Get Back. And it was eight hours long. So let's let's dive in here. Jess, did you struggle with the mammoth eight hour runtime or did it fly by for you? 
you know, even Trevor was like, are you sure you want to do this? Are you sure you, <laughs> you want to, to watch Get Back? And I had planned to watch it anyways. And to be quite honest, I, I don't know if it's because I am such a massive Beatles fan, but I, I could have probably watched that for another eight hours. It was fascinating. I felt like we were a fly on the wall. Uh, I, I even was calling it um, band GF vision or Yoko vision because, mm, because yeah. you know, of the, of the, uh, mm-hmm. the band GF sitting over there in the corner. It, it very much felt like that. I you mean, felt like you were like an board. avatar with a, like a Yoko mask on. <laughs> to be honest i felt like it was something we weren't supposed to be seeing like we Mm. we are looking through a peephole in in the warehouse wall or uh we got invited to a party that we weren't that we weren't deserved to be at so uh, i i really enjoyed it and i have so much to talk about when it comes to this well fantastic we are gonna pick your brains So um, let's throw it out to Jay. Jay, how did you find the documentary overall? So knowing that this was um, directed by um, a New Zealander, uh, Peter Jackson, I was mainly interested in his take on this because obviously this is kind of made from footage left over from the original film back in um, 1969. That's right. Yeah, the original film, Let It Be, um, that went along with the release of the album, I'm assuming. I was just really interested in, in his take, but for me, yes, it was fly on the wall, but there was a lot of repetition for me. Um, and although it's interesting to see their process, it felt like it was the same process over and over and over and over again for me. So for me, probably it could have been condensed. I mean, it, it almost felt like there was just one verse and one chorus <laughs> for the majority of what I, I was watching. Oh, believe um, me, by yeah. the end of this, I never wanted to hear Get Back again. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know, right? And and, and that, that for me is, is probably why I think it could have been condensed more. I don't think it needed to be a three-part um, miniseries. I enjoyed the parts that were different, obviously, because it was nice to have an insight into the whole Yoko Ono, just her involvement and, and how everyone was saying she was the cause of the breakup and things like that. And actually, the majority of it, she was sitting quietly in the corner right next to him and, and not really participating Um and, and for the most part, she didn't really offer any criticism or advice or any any kind of creative momentum other than just supporting John Lennon just by being next to him. So that was interesting to see. But once again, I didn't need to see eight hours of that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've been a fan of some of their music as well because they're just so big in the UK here it's hard not to kind of be reminded of the legacy they've left behind um, especially now there's only two of them who are still alive so that's actually something I wanted to ask you guys uh, asking from an American perspective like for example when I I grew up in Pittsburgh PA and we're famous for one of the the most winningest football teams in the country so i i'm almost forced to be a default steelers fan so when it comes to the beatles i mean it was the birthplace of one of the, i'm gonna i'm gonna go out on a limb and say the most iconic rock band of all time arguable i guess but really uh it's it's not a stretch to say 
how is it over there? Like, do you got, is there a, a Rolling Stones versus Beatles kind of uh, mentality or, or do you guys feel that you're forced to like at, at birth, you know, you're given all of the albums from, you know, 1963 to, to 69 and say, here, this is your Bible. You know, how does that go with the Brits over there? It's well, a funny thing, isn't it? Um, yeah. I was just going to say, that's more a question for you because, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Jamie's uh, from New Zealand, so she can talk about Peter Jackson making oh. really long films yes. about hobbits. <laughs> and and Lord of the Rings in general, just long films. Got it. For... <laughs> yeah, nine hours of The Hobbit. That was longer than the Beatles film. Yeah, yeah. 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 But yeah, my mum used to sing Octopus's Garden to me when I was a kid, like when I was a baby. I, I didn't even know it was a Beatles song until like years later. And I was like, oh, wow, it's a Beatles song. Okay. Honestly, that one stands out from the rest anyways. <laughs> that was the one that you that we pin on the fridge of Ringo's, you know, so like, you know, that yeah, was, yeah, that, that that's was one of his. meant for the, the nursery for sure. Funny thing, we've got a daily newspaper here called Metro. It's a free newspaper you get on the underground, the, the subway. And um, they do this questionnaire feature with a celebrity every day. And um, it's the same stock questions every time. And one of the stock questions they always ask is Beatles or Rolling Stones. Do they? Yeah. So that is one of the things that is necessary to know about people. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I, I, but I think, though, you know, when it comes to the Beatles, I, I think, you know, Brits are quite proud in, in a way for, you know, having the Beatles as their us. Um, so even though the Rolling Stones here, I think, have a big following, um, I think there's a different connection i definitely listen to the rolling stones more than the beatles i've got more of their albums oh okay but i do concede that culturally the beatles are the more important band in terms of influence mm. and they've gone into everything like art design even social mobility i guess you yeah. could say like they're um, everywhere and especially very interesting perspective yeah and as i think also because we're in london and as well and there are so many hot spots for this is where beatles did their last recording this is where the beatles right. did this and this is where the e even savile row um it has a placard on the building saying this is where the beatles had their last live show right yeah and you can go to that abbey road they've got that famous road crossing that's on the album yes. cover yeah. Although that has shifted. God, must, m that street must just be t always jammed up. People. Oh, yeah. it's, it's unbelievable. Yeah. You know, it's and, you, uh, you've got to see it to believe it. But what's funny is, is that 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 crossing has actually shifted from where it originally was, where they actually took the photo. <laughs> so, oh, so people are crossing. That's it. It's the road. a fake crossing. Well, it's just not the actual crossing that they were on because it's the original one has shifted. <sighs> wow, I never knew that. It's yeah, like yeah. um. Apparently the uh, the prime meridian is in the wrong place as well, so oh, I guess uh, there's yeah. lots of fake stuff in London. Let's <laughs> just, just change it. Doesn't quite suit us, so we'll just change it. This project it was meant to be a way for them to get back to doing stuff that was more spontaneous, but they seem to go in with um out much of a plan. So Jess, what do you make at the beginning? Because it's like a cold open to the film. We did learn a little bit of the history, you know, going in, which was fascinating to me. You know, leading up to this this event and what it was going to be. 
I mean, if it was to be spontaneous, that surely that's what ended up happening. And what I thought was so fascinating, because uh, I watched many of the interviews that Peter Jackson did. He did a huge uh, tour. He was he was like talking to random podcasts. I was like, who are these people that he's giving his time to? And 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 he was answering a lot of the same questions too. But one thing that he did make sure to stress, and I would choose to believe this is accurate. He he didn't, there wasn't much commentary from him or anybody else, but to just kind of show the footage in a linear order, of course, he's picking and choosing, but he did include a lot. And when it comes to the conflict of this documentary, it was baked into the actual events. The Beatles were in this stage, of course, of transition. Obviously, the, the biggest transition of it all was to, you know, kind of almost be ending their their time together. Uh but I, I also was thinking about my my place and my my knowledge already of, of Let It Be in general. I myself, like I said, huge Beatles fan, grew up uh, in my teen my teen years obsessed with with ever with them. I had so many books and memorabilia, and I listened to a lot of the albums. I kind of took those in different stages of my life too. Like I I yeah, I started with the early Beatles as everybody would have, and I moved my way up. But I have to say that I neglected Let It Be a lot. Like I had, I don't even remember even hearing uh, the song Two of Us that was pre- so prevalent on in the documentary because, and I think it was because I knew that that stage of their life was the end, you know, was them wrapping up. And I don't think I ever wanted to end it. I don't, I didn't, I didn't ever, uh, acquiesce to to that stage of their life and I didn't even to the degree to the degree guys I watched all of the Beatles movies even even Yellow Submarine you know I've watched them all and I didn't even know Let It Be was a movie I have seen the videos I've seen the, the music video behind Let It Be I even remember uh, seeing the cop coming up onto the roof and everything uh, in that video, but never knew that it was a full-fledged out movie. That was very interesting to me, or, or Get Back was where the, I think the cop was coming onto the roof. But this was very eye-opening, especially to see, you know, what actually was going on behind the scenes, you know, spoiler alert, that was a real cop. <laughs> like well, You always like, thought they staged that. Yeah, exactly. It looked like one of their narratives for the video for the film. And no, they just didn't think about getting permission to do that that uh, concert on the rooftop. And here come the cops <laughs> to the, the degree where, you know, the, they at this point in their career were literally saying like, like, F the police, we're the Beatles, you know, like, <laughs> Pretty what's much. this guy going to do? So, yeah. but then you kind of think about, oh, Poor old lady, couldn't sleep, got woken up, made a complaint, <laughs> called the police. How unpopular would she have been? <laughs> people oh, found exactly. out. And, and some of these people just had no idea how much a part of history they were. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It was interesting. Yeah. All the people just taking the concert on the roof for granted. That's yeah. incredible. Yeah. Like, I, I loved all those Vox Pops and the interviewer saying, oh, do you know who that is? And they're like, oh, yeah, it's just the Beatles. Yeah, just the Beatles. Right. <laughs> but I've kind of skipped to the end here. Let's uh let's go back to how this all started, which was which was this television show that they were trying to lead up to, kind of giving themselves parameters at the same time not knowing how to use those parameters because they knew that they were being recorded, they knew that they had to get it done by a certain time and maybe all of the organic ways that they would have recorded an album were now 
truncated and being watched and uh, kind of being sped up. And that's, I think, where we saw a lot of these very monumentous, I don't want to call them arguments, but, you know, back, back and forth between the Beatles themselves. Yeah, there are kind of tonal shifts and the, the relationship dynamics change. And even at one point, uh, George Harrison walks out temporarily, which That's is right. the event which concludes part one, which is pretty dramatic. Mm. And when you watch this, we'll call it an argument just for this, the sake of, of what we're talking about. Uh, you know, I always thought that the ending, again, not just kind of knowing the basic superficial what's been handed down through through history i really did think it was a john versus paul kind of deal because uh john was being pulled away apparently by yoko it seemed like like you said jay it she during these sessions i don't feel like she had a whole lot to do i mean there was that point where she's adding her her vocals into one of the songs i uh, just you know yeah. wailing into the microphone which i i think is what uh George Harrison eventually wrote Wawa uh, in response to, which is, uh, you know, a headache um, on his own album. But uh, yeah, uh, when you're when you're watching this, you are seeing this, the some of these incredibly, I'll use the word again, monumental moments that we knew that they existed somewhere, but we didn't know maybe that they were actually captured in this footage, mm -hmm. like the the moment the actual moment where george said out loud uh, a little bit into the doc you know i'm thinking about making my own my own album like i have mm. all these songs and you know the beatles i think it even at one point like he was george was talking about his song he was introducing his song to the band i me mine and they mm. they kind of laughed at him which i thought mm. was in insane like we know that song um mm. and like why why would he'd be so uh he was one of them that was kind of the young one and the kind of set off to the side secondary to the group that is lennon mccartney you know the power the power couple there so to to hear him say that out loud and to watch it captured it was like i i just watched such a historical moment mm. that that we never knew existed yeah because he doesn't often get credited for his contributions either because what I noticed there was a, a couple of songs um, that was th that were mentioned where it was a Lennon and McCartney. Um, it was written as as they had written it, but actually, when you actually watch the footage, actually there was contribution from others from the other two that weren't actually noted. I guess there yeah. always is contribution mm. in every single band. Uh, I but I, I don't know. I guess I mean that that's where the onus was really placed was on was on the duo that was that was John and and Paul and um I think that uh, Peter Jackson said that George got an average about two songs per album which again was really limiting him especially because he went on we know that he went on this is all in mm -hmm. retrospect this whole thing is in retrospect uh that that George went on to have his own very fruitful career and very famous singles and and albums um you know again talking about retrospect and, and even going back to what we all thought was the real reason that the the band broke up could you imagine looking back after years mm. and that 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 we that it would become that the beatles were broken up because yoko sat on an amp 
you know, yeah. because, you know, like he was almost foreseeing, you know, for telling the, the future mm-hmm. of, of the demise of the Beatles. It was already kind of becoming apparent and uh, maybe not apparent in this doc, but obviously, you know, as, as John was putting priority in his relationship with Oko over, over his relationship with Paul or the band in general, his priorities were just shifting. His attention was shifting. And I think Paul at some point even said that it's not like it used to be anymore. And that's where they were headed. They were headed down Mm -hmm. that path of moving in their own separate directions. And again, I, it's arguable for the better or not. I mean, we could be selfish and say that we wanted that many more years of the Beatles, but then Paul went on and did wings, which, Mm. you know, so many more people became fans of, and he got to uh, explore his own solitary voice. If a lot of people want to whine about something that's come and gone, I, I do believe that that everything happened as naturally as it should have. I think it makes the Beatles even that more of a beautiful blue dot in history that, mm. that they only lasted for some of what, less than a decade as a band. Mm. I think that's kind of what gives them their mystique and power in a way, because so many other bands mm-hmm. from that era continued on and on and ruined their reputations. Not entirely, but they tarnish some of the magic i'd say you know thinking of the rolling stones the beach boys bands massive bands important bands that did really really regrettable albums but the beatles didn't yeah it's it's similar to a a television show that went on for way too many seasons because they Mm. kept wanting to fill their pockets this is like two of my favorite shows are supernatural and breaking bad and breaking bad uh, ended up being so uh, pivotal because it it just it gave itself its own time and it ended in the right place and it didn't go on and on where Supernatural, you know, a lot of people fell off that ship and it got really cheap and, and repetitive mm-hmm. at some point and it got tiresome. So, yeah, uh, I, I think that that can be said about a lot of things in entertainment even. So, uh, Jay, I wanted to talk about uh, perceptions of the different members. Um, We talked a bit about how George Harrison was maybe shut out a bit by the Lennon-McCartney axis, Mm. but we could see at the time of Get Back, Paul McCartney really seemed to be the driving force behind the whole band at this point. He writes the two best-known songs on the album. You see him playing his iconic bass guitar. He plays piano. He plays acoustic guitar. He's acting as a counsellor to all the others. Did you get the impression that he was the kind of de facto leader of the band at this point? Yeah, uh, I I think so. When he had that um, conversation with um, John over lunch, you know, he he kind of denied that himself. Like he didn't see himself in that role because he he was saying, "Oh, John, you're you're the you're the leader. I'm I'm just like your number two. Even though he didn't see himself in that role, it was very clear that he was kind of taking the reins in a lot of what they were doing, and I think that's probably what led to George's frustration and why he actually quit. So, um, but even then, you know, we, we know only quit for a few days. Yeah. Was there something that surprised you in the relationships, Jess? Actually, you know what would surprise me the most? When I went into it, I assumed I would hear John speak up a whole lot more. Mm. And within the the, rep, the representation of the documentary, I for the first episode, I'm like, is John going to input at all? It really seemed like he was a little bit uh, checked out way more mm. than I expected him to be. When I was growing up, I I was John's girl. Like I I was I was so um, infatuated with 
um, both both his you know culture personality, his his uh, you know the way that he was kind of a comedian and uh, had such a strong presence uh, as as what I thought. I don't I don't know if I ever looked at one, well either John or Paul as um, the leader. I always felt that they were either quite they would they would shift and share or they there was just kind of an ensemble there but uh that was something that i did notice right off the bat and uh it makes sense it made all the sense in the world that that paul started to be the ringleader in my mind because of i guess who we know him to be today mm-hmm. that he continued to do that that he became such a strong voice thereafter and during you know he during I, I feel like uh he was always at the forefront up there with john but i i think that this the the subtle silence from john was the thing that surprised me most the other two members were exactly how i kind of imagined them set aside maybe some of the the relationships and the conversations that they had together like I said before, I didn't actually know there was such a conflict between George and Paul, which was fun to watch because, again, they knew they were being recorded. I remember Paul doing this, like kind of speaking in a very quiet tone, mm. not necessarily to evade the microphones because they knew very well that they were picking them up, but just to kind of, I, I feel like, save face. And we could have never really seen unless there was some kind of hidden camera, uh, mm. w- which there was not. Um, I mean, there were times, there were times that I heard that that the the cinematographer was uh, covering up the red light so that they would forget that it's there or or actually, yes, hiding the microphones so that they would forget there. Of course, they knew, but they were forgetting. And uh, I don't know if you guys know this, because I, I think that Peter Jackson was saying this in interviews that, again, uh, knowing they were being recorded, the Beatles wanted to have more private conversations. And, and one of the ways that they would try to do that in the room was that they would just bash on their guitars. They were standing at, at the yeah. amps and they were just str- strumming away and just making noise, noise, like absolute noise, and then trying to talk to each other through that noise so that the the audio would be too muffled. But with technology, Peter Jackson was actually able to pull a lot of those <laughs> secret conversations out. And I think those are some that we ended up hearing possibly. Yeah. With subtitles, just so you can see for sure. Yes, yes. I like that. Every time there was a big moment, he put subtitles on. One of the most epic moments that, again, it was almost like this was planned for a, for a narrative movie, was when they, I think, I believe, I might be wrong about this, they were in the, the new studio because this dock is kind of split where they're in this warehouse. Yeah, talking him a soundstage space trying to figure mm. out how to do this they're very uncomfortable in this space mm. and then they eventually moved to twin what was it called again twickenham no that was Twickenham's. where they started yes. but then they moved to abbey um, road um uh, abbey uh, no they apple Seville. apple yeah Mon, Seville apple road. Yeah. Seville road, yeah and so i think i think it was once when they were in apple uh there was this amazing moment Paul was reading a, a pa- the paper, which was literally narrating their pending demise. He was reading mm-hmm. out loud this this assumption that the journalist was making about the demise of the Beatles, and he is he is saying this over John singing. I I believe the song was called "Nothing Left to Lose," mm-hmm. and just uh, what an epic moment of of them kind of watching in real time it was happening in real time Mm. that they are trying their damnedest Mm. to to record this album to be creative and it's like the world is 
I mean, it's very similar to today. We're still doing this kind of thing where social media is is bashing artists over the head, trying to get to pull the drama out, trying to create headlines, trying to uh, feed off the drama, maybe even in a quicker pace, but even so, like that this was again happening at the very same time. And and the Beatles were were being themselves and just taking the piss and just kind of playing through it, which yeah. which was fascinating in one of the gem moments of this documentary that was right. for me. That was in episode two. I yeah, believe. I yeah, think so. It was, yeah, and they were having a bit of fun as well. They were actually putting some of those words into lyrics <laughs> and singing. Right, on. exactly. There were a lot they of were alternate in the lyrics. Drama. Yeah, I mean, because basically they were reading it and kind of like, no, nah, that's not happening. It's a load of bollocks. <laughs> it's like, right. Let's just kind of like, and you know, I suppose that's what you do. You, you've got to laugh it off, don't you? Because otherwise you just sit on it and it, it just seeps, seeps into your skin and then it's like, oh, maybe we are but actually you know i mean talk about the biggest band in the world at the mm. time you know um and and just having every everyone's eyes on you mm. you know even the people on the street you could go to these people and and oh yeah it's the beatles that's this is our, this these are our beatles you know uh everybody knows who they are and everybody has stakes in the game seemingly you know on on their reputation on their career and and making assumptions about them so that was kind of a very early take on on the you know what the celebrity could truly be you know could truly become i feel like there's so so much more we could talk about but uh jay i'd just like to ask you do you have any standout moments over the eight hours what was a standout moment for you you know what this sounds really bad but when yoko was kind of screaming into the microphone um, like that that was kind of like i need to turn this off <laughs> um because um, it, they were vocalizations but they were more like kind of as it's been said before just noise and i i i'm i'm wondering why Peter Jackson decided to put that in there, maybe to to show a different side of her, maybe to show, I don't know, because I mean they were obviously waiting for other band members and they were just mucking about, um, which I totally get. But it was like, yeah, she, I reckon she was probably just bored with all the sitting around she'd done. Yeah, well, yeah, well, yeah, that too. No, I mean, I mean that was part of that was the beginning of the Plastic Ono band. Uh, yeah. You know, that's that's what 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 John and and Yoko would go on to do, and. I, I mean, I think it's pretty integral to put it in because it was one of the only examples of, <laughs> it was beautifully illustrating, I bet, what the other Beatles really thought of her mm. and mm. the relationship. It was just nonsense, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I believe that that was a, a very important part of, of the documentary. Did you, were there any points, guys, I wanted to ask that you started singing along? I was initially singing along to get back, but when I heard like every oh. single iteration of it, <laughs> I was like, uh -huh. do you know, okay, I've, I've had enough, enough get back for now. Yeah, no, I, 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 I honestly I was, didn't. Go ahead. Did you, Jay, where, did you have a song that you wanted to sing along to? No, not really, because I, I wasn't familiar with that song, Get Back. Really? I, I, I you think, are now. I think the only song. Oh, I'm, you are now. Yeah, I know. I think the only song I was familiar with was actually Let It Be. But even then, we didn't see much of that in, in the series. So yeah, man. When when Paul pull, uh, pulled out, she came in through the bathroom window. I was I was singing yeah. along at my computer. Like that was when that was when I really got into it and was I was part of the band. Yeah, yeah. Nice. He does some of his solo songs as well. Yeah. 
that's funny because I, you know, I kept thinking through this whole documentary, I'm like, I'm such a fake fan. I haven't, I don't know these songs. Like, why do I not know so, so many of these songs? And then I realized, oh yeah, when a band's recording an, recording an album, some of them don't make it to the album, yeah. you know, and some of yeah. them go on to other albums or, or they just disappear. Yeah. So I felt like, you know, that's another way that we were the fly on the wall, you know, getting to watch something that we, you know, were, yeah. were, weren't supposed and to. I think at the very beginning, they, they kind of revisited some of their earlier songs before they were the Beatles as well. That's so, that's true, yeah. yeah. So there are a lot of riffs there that we hadn't heard before. Yeah. Yeah, lots. I would say about uh, Yoko, there was like a very sweet moment where uh, Yoko and John were doing a waltz together as well, which was a really yeah. nice side to them. Then they were asked if they could do it for the TV series, which never happened. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Jess, did you have any standout moments across the whole three documentaries? Well, yeah, they were three documentaries, weren't there? Yeah. You know, uh, we can talk a little bit just about the climax and how, uh, again, the the <laughs> I don't know exactly. I don't remember who it was that was like physically. They they kept telling the cops like, oh yeah, we're gonna go tell them to turn that turn it down. And so we're watching this. They kept going back and forth to the police officers just about to burst into the the rooftop. You know, they were just getting so sick of this and. Of course, we kind of know how it ended. They eventually got enough of enough of their set recorded, but it was uh, just the the most fun that you could have with a Beatles climax. That that this was really happening. That it was really a problem, and the Beatles were just doing what they always do, which is whatever they wanted, um, bigger than Jesus. So yeah. yeah, yeah, it was fun to watch. Yeah, no, that was the perfect ending. It yeah. was like a hard day's night, you know, comedy capers. Spoiler alert. Yes. yes. That's quite amusing when, when Paul turned around and saw the cop there and was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, didn't they switch off his amp and then um, George switched them back on again? <laughs> yeah, nice slapstick finale. I mean, there's so much stuff we didn't mention. Um, yeah. Which it's just, there's no time to go into all of it. It's just a, a shame. Well, that just means that you have to watch Get Back. And hopefully, yeah. uh, maybe if you, if you did already in, and you didn't watch all of, like literally all of the Peter Jackson interviews that I did, uh, you might have learned a little bit more behind the behind the scenes of Let It Be, which was Get Back. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, we are going to have to leave it there, but we can have a better endorsement than that. So thank you for joining me. Thank you for joining me, Jay. Thanks for having me. And thank you so much for joining us on the line, Jess Paul. From all the way across the pond. Um, before you go, before you go, Jess, um, where can we find you on social media? Just Google me. It's Jess Paul. Okay, you'll come up. We'll find all I of will. your many disparate things. Amazing. Well, it's you been really a... want to find me, you will. <laughs> Perfect. We do. We want to find you. Well, it's been a real pleasure. This has been Dom's Docs. I've been King Dom. We'll be back soon with some more Geek Sweat. Bye for now. Thank you.